From tow trucks to trophies, it's a Windsor recap from Loud Proud American. Our biggest display, a bunch of new designs. We just put one of Maine's biggest fairs behind us. How did it go? Well, we are about to let you know. Let me tell you something. Everybody struggles. The difference is some people choose to go through it and some choose to grow through it. The choice is completely yours. Which one you choose will have a very profound effect on the way you live your life. If you find strength in the struggle, then this podcast is for you. If you have a relationship that is comfortable with uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable conversations challenge you, humble you, and they build you. When you sprinkle a little time and distance on it, it all makes sense. Most disagreements, they stem from our own insecurities. You are right where you need to be. Ooh, 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 what it do, what it do. Hi, diggity damn. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I, I just can't, can't hide, hide it. it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. That was a good job on the harmonies. You came in there pretty solid. I thought you were sleeping. I'm just about sleeping, but well, had to hit the high note. You better wake it up, Buttercup, because these people want to know. These loud-browed Americans want to know. How did last week go? They want to know. Do they? Yeah, yeah. I was a dramatic pause. I thought <laughs> you actually did fall asleep. No. At that moment. To my podcast peeps out there, episode one... 65, as in 165 Proctor Road, which is where we live. That's right. Now that you just gave everyone our address. Hey, fan mail, bro. Fan mail, we accept. That would be so much fun if we got fan mail. Fan mail would be cool. We've I see actually, that all over TikTok. Hey. People get like um, inboxes and stuff like that, and people send them things off of their wish list and stuff. I want to do that, but I'm not I'm not cool enough. I'm not we famous. have received fan mail to 165. You didn't show me any fan mail. Dude. The Lancer for N sent us I know. I'm episode one hundred That's right of fan mail. No, I'm not talking about that. That I know about. And then Kevin and Amy sent us the Christmas fan mail. I, I'm not downplaying that. I'm just saying I think it would be really cool for people to chime in with fan mail. Fan mail to the address would be fun. We've uh yeah. we I would have... get a P.O. box probably because I don't want people to know where I am. These are <laughs> you're out of control. These are our, these are our people, man. People are crazy. Not these people. We learned people. that. Not the these fair people. These weekend. are our people. This is different. This isn't strange people. These are our people. You know what I mean? These are loud, proud Americans. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't strange. We're all a little strange. Well. Anyway. Are, that's a choice that we get to make. I've received... Uh, Moving on! Super. That was a nice note. Super cool emails and stuff from people. So I've gotten fan mail that just hasn't been snail mail. Like... I love a good piece of mail. Not the bills. Just... I can't even get you to read the mail we get now. <laughs> How do you love mail? Those are bills. There's Those stacks are... of it that you don't even look at. Because I only pull out the good stuff. Like the invitations, like the invites. That is an invitation. <laughs> yeah, those are the same things. The invitation, That's all the you invite. open then, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's it. That's all. All right. I all would right. open fan mail. If anybody wants to send fan mail, I would do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm always open for fan mail. You can even leave a fan voicemail on the podcast website, which no one's done yet. I'm waiting for somebody to get drunk enough to leave one to see oh, Kevin if, I is actually, on it. if I actually um, get notified or, or what it is. But I know it's an, avail- it's an available option on the website, or it was. I already know. Kevin is dreaming it up oh. right now. One of these dogs just lit a beef stick on fire. That smells awful. That might have been me. No. Oh, God. No, it's not because those pants. Fair food. Oh man, those pants would go in the garbage if that was you. <laughs> that is toxic. Oh. Hey, I'm a woman and I fluff too. Ooh, this isn't fluffed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, then maybe it wasn't me. But oh, I. Oh man, they've spent the weekend with their grandparents. I do not know yeah. what they eat. But I saw a soft serve come out of. An Ew. Okay, no, but don't ruin earlier. the soft serve for saying. me. Get out of here, you stink finger. Go. <laughs> I don't need to see you 
or smell you. Get gone. All right, we're already way off the rails. If this is your first time listening to the show, sorry, you're probably thinking, what the fuck is this nonsense? We're a bunch of nut jobs. Yeah. And we're running on very little sleep, so this is just kind of how it goes. Welcome to fair season, y'all. This is Ugh. what it is. But to all of you that have been tuned in from my day ones, from my every week number ones, I see you over there with your finger up. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Keep it up. This Where whole my ones episode? At? What? This whole episode? You ever no, you can put it down in a second. What? But I just want to say thank you to all the loyal listeners out there that have been uh, tuning in, been listening. We appreciate you. You can find all things podcasts at www. Share the Struggle Podcast. You can even find our main squeeze, our number one sponsor, B&D Flagpoles, Bud and Dreamer, home of the Titan Telescope and Flagpole, proudly made in the U.S. of A. Gift-giving season is coming, right? I mean, you can get yourself some made-in-USA awesomeness from Loud Proud American, but you can also get yourself... A flagpole. You could give the gift of patriotic awesomeness this holiday season. B&D Flagpoles.com. You can put your hand down now if you want. Okay. You want to leave it up? All right. Leave it up. So last week, um, just about a week ago when we recorded, it was opening day of the Windsor Fair. We recorded on a Sunday, I believe. Didn't we? Yeah. Sunday night morning or something we i thought we opened, i thought we recorded before that we walked down to our first day you are correct all right so we set everything up we were talking about uh some of the difficulties that went into uh getting to the windsor fair so for those of you that don't know windsor fair is maine's second largest fair it's uh been the big missing puzzle piece from our main schedule mm-hmm. and when i say maine it's an m-a-i-n-e is the great state of maine if you ask me so um, we've been waiting on this winter scenario to finally happen. Thanks to Matt and Sarah from Ledgeway. It did happen. They helped to get us in there. And last week we were really letting you guys in on the fact that we were dropping, um, our biggest display on y'all. We, uh, put together a 20 by 20 display, which was really, um, just, I don't know. It was really humbling to have that time that we were, you know, setting up and thinking about, hey, we used to, we started with this. We started with this one, you know, 10 foot space and here we are. And, and to most people that might not sound fantastic, but to us, it really does. Uh, it was special to really just, you know, basically we have four of our original tents stuck into one. And then we dropped a bunch of new designs last week. We have a new rodeo t-shirt design. We uh, launched a um, Jason Aldean uh, Morgan Wallen t-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, new tank tops for ladies, new flex fit hats. Uh, we dropped some new stuff, man. Uh, new kids t-shirts. All kinds of cool things happened last week. So um, we're super excited about about last week and, and, and the promise, the, uh, the possibilities that were upon us. We also discussed... Uh, some of the hiccups, some of the some of the roadblocks, some of the obstacles, and um, one of those obstacles has been mechanical failures, right? It's been vehicle nonsense. So last week when you were on the podcast, you were describing to us the uh, awesome experience of losing the brakes in the truck as we were getting to leave with the camper. Remember this little yes. scenario? Fun times, yes. right? So we put that behind us. We embarked on a great first day at Windsor Fair, mm-hmm. right after recording our podcast, right? Yep, that was good. Everything was fantastic. And then uh, Monday morning, we got up early, and uh, the plan was for me to follow you home with the uh, the ambulance, Loud Proud American Express, because, uh, you know, you still have, you know, new brakes, repaired brakes in the truck, repaired brake lines. We want to make sure that you get home safely. You were going to work. And then I was going to pick my mom up and then bring her back, return to the fair. And I had to open at like uh, 10 a.m. But we were running ahead of schedule. Am I right? Yeah, we were on time. We were doing good. Then what happened? Nonsense. More nonsense. How about you uh, give the explanation, pitch the uh, scenario, paint the photo from the driver's seat? Because I was behind you on the old two-way. Well, I was driving along, just moseying along, and all of a sudden, the truck started to buck. She started to uh, feel a little funky. Hmm. I would like hit funky the gas. Funky like a monkey? Yeah, I'd hit the gas, 
And about 40, 50 miles an hour, she was she was acting a little weird. Like she wouldn't get out of her own way. She was bogging. She was, you know, just really boggy, bucking around. And so I radioed over to you and I said, I think we might be running out of gas. And you said, how many miles do we have? I said, 56 miles is what the gauge says. And if y'all remember, a couple of episodes ago, our gas tank is held up by a couple of ratchet straps. Oh, yeah. So, we are classy. Yeah. Classy broad. Yeah. Old Red, she's she's a looker. Mm. <laughs> so you if said you're to in, me- If you're into like Botox and other facial enhancements, she's a real looker. Yeah. So I said to you, I think she might be running out of gas or or something's up because she's not acting right. And uh, thankfully, I was not hauling we anything. We were just driving home. And so I come up to like a, a light, like a four-way intersection. And this, it's it, on a little bit of a hill. And I checked the gas gauge like three seconds before that told me I had 56 miles. And you had said, all right, let's find the next gas station. Because I didn't actually see the gas station uh, half a mile back. My bad. My bad. Uh, maybe this would have all been avoided. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, so I get, I'm on this hill because I'm like the first car in line and I am like straight downward. And all of a sudden the gas gauge goes from 56 miles, bloop, under the E, dead. Just lose all power, truck shuts off. And again, thankfully I'm on a hill because the light turns green and I just coast and I radioed you, and I was like, yep, we got a problem. I couldn't steer. She was pretty stiff. Hmm. There was an empty parking lot, and then, like, right outside the intersection, so that was good. So we pulled into the little parking lot right wait there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up for a second. We pulled into the parking lot? Well, I sort of did. How did you, how did you enter said parking lot? Hercules. Hmm. You had to push me because I was in the middle of the I threw the four ways on the old ambulance, which you want to stop traffic. Just park an ambulance in the middle of the road and hit your four ways. People, people will go around. Yeah, they will. So I had to push all right into the parking lot. Thankfully, it wasn't too far of a, too far of a stretch. And we were on a hill, thankfully. When you um, radioed to me, you were like, I got 56 miles. And we're like, all right, we're about 80 miles from home. We definitely got to get gas. And then you were like, I don't know, half a mile down the road, he said, hey, when does your gas light come on? And I was like, like 19 miles. And you're like, well, your light just came on. And we're like, how the hell would we go from 60 to 19? And the mm-hmm. next minute you're like, it's empty. And then it was dead. Dead. Just literally all the lights went off. Like I, there was nothing. There was no gas, no nothing. And like the key was still in the on position. And I was like, oh, dang, this is not good. So I just went, I let off the brake and we rolled down the hill and I and I turned and then I got to like the edge of that parking lot and then that's when you had to come and push me because I was like, I can't go any further. We went up the street to the gas station, mm-hmm. bought a $20 fucking three-gallon tank of uh, a gas can, Yep. filled it up with gas, which I will say, some fella actually came up to us and said, you run out of gas, you need a ride. Which, yeah, that was pleasant. I was pleasantly yeah, surprised. That doesn't really happen. I don't think ever. that happens anymore. So. Nope. Thought that was pretty cool. It's probably because I was there. I'm a lady. I don't even think he saw you. He was looking at me. I was pumping and you're, paying. You're I don't know what. Right. Like, so um, we put fuel into the tank and she fired right up. And we're like, tragedy avoided. Mm-hmm. So you turned around. We're going to get more gas so we could fill the truck up. And then uh, you radioed back to base and said. Yeah, because you said, all right, I'm going to stay right here. You go back to the camp. To the camp. I'm not sending you to camp. <laughs> you go back to the gas station, get some gas, and come back. I said, no problem. So I whip around. The truck starts up. No problem. And I get to the light, and she she sparks up, turns around, no problem. And I'm at the light, and I'm, like, edging forward because I'm like, all right, after this car, I'm going to go. And I, put my, I go to put some pressure on the gas, and she's going barely moving like i'm like 
Oh, this ain't good. This ain't good. So I give her a little bit more gas and I'm just like trying to like egg forward, trying to get past this car and she's in straight limp mode. And I'm like, limp biscuit. This is not good. So, and again, I'm now going in the opposite direction, trying to go up that little hill that I just rolled down. And thankfully, right off to the right-hand side is a Camden National Bank. And as I'm starting to limp up there, there on the dash is this lightning bolt in quotes, <laughs> like on the dash. I'm like, that doesn't look very good. So I radio to you because you're just around the corner. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to make it to the gas station. And you're like, what now? And I was like... Yeah, no, I'm in limp mode. I can't even get out of my own way. I'm barely, I'm like limping into the Camden National Bank and I go right out back to the empty lot and just park it. She is seizing, like I have my foot on the brake and she's like, whoo, 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 like the mm. entire freaking time I had my foot on the brake trying not to die in the intersection. Like I'm like, one mile an hour going through the intersection and there's like a big truck coming and I'm like, oh shit, hmm. roadkill, squashed. That didn't really happen, but that's what it, I was worried. So I get it there and then you come along and... And we fired her up and, and we're kind of thinking, you know, assessing the situation. Like maybe she out of gas, maybe the sensor's bad. Yeah. Like what's, we just need to get more gas, fill it up. Like what's the status, you know? When I popped the hood, I could hear clicking and sparking under the hood and say, well, that's it. She's, she's um, Noah calls that arcing. Yeah. Well, she was arcing all right. <laughs> what it was, we couldn't see it from where we were. So I could hear like a spark. Mm-hmm. But nowhere said when he says it is, there's an actual arc. And Correct. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. So um, at that point, we know uh, truck's dead. Right, yep. it's not going anywhere. You jump in the ambulance. We lock the truck up. Uh, call AAA again. Uh, Seven in the morning. Right. Seven in the morning. Call AAA to schedule this tow um, to get the you know, the truck home to get things figured out. And uh, I find out that AAA says you have to be with the vehicle, with your driver's license, and with your membership card, or they will not tow it. So we have like, an hour and a half drive. Yep. From Camden National Bank in Augusta all the way home mm-hmm. so I can get to work and you can get your mom. So we're like trying to like, in your words, do the math hmm. on time frame yeah. and figure out like, all right, an hour and a half down, hour and a half back. I still have to get a few things. What time can I get back there? So we schedule like a pickup between like 11 and 12. And I asked the lady on the phone, I was like, all right, what's the over under that he's actually going to show? He or she, he or she is going to actually show up at 11. Like, Eh, they're going to call you. So we're like, all right, that'll yeah, work out. So an hour. It's an yeah. hour range like the cable guy. Hour range. So we're like, right. okay. So we're like, all right, that'll work perfect because you can tell them like, hey, I'm an hour out. Like go right. closer to noon or what have you and like go back. So they tell us, uh, what is it? K&D towing. Something we'll, stupid. We'll KDT or whatever. Yeah, that's right. KDT. We'll be there to pick up your, your truck between, you know, 11 and noon. Make sure you have your stuff. You're there. Whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. So- you get home, I go to work. Yep. I grab all my stuff and my mom up, shoot straight there. Uh, no one's no one's there, not hearing from anybody. No, no one texted me either. Um, I had nothing. You know, so I think, I don't remember, did, I don't, I'm trying to recall here. Did you talk to AAA? I tried calling no, AAA. I talk, I you called. You talked to the tow company directly, right? KDT, I called, yeah. I called AAA and actually they never even called me back now that I bring it up. So I called AAA and I said, "Hey, I scheduled this tow at mm-hmm. 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. There's nobody here yet. Um they told me my appointment was at 11. It's almost 12. I have some place to be." And they said, "Oh, you know, we'll, we'll follow up on this." So while I'm waiting for for the tow, you or- had texted me and told me nobody's here and I haven't heard from anybody. So no. I was like, Fuck it. I'm literally just going to call KDT and because they're the ones coming. And so I talked to a sweet lady Gave her the rundown. Hey, listen, I ordered this with AAA. They gave me your information this morning at 7 a.m. She's like, uh, nope, not me. I'm like, ma'am, that come on. Like, she's being super sweet, but I'm like frustrated at this point. Like, yeah. I, we have not had very good luck with AAA so far. Like, when it comes to like, they dropped our toe yeah. so many times. Yeah. This time, they, they, they never even came close to resolving the issue we had on the road no. a couple of weeks ago. Now, no. here we are again with again. the same situation, you know? 
And so come to find out, the lady um, ends up, I think she, she calls you or me. I don't. Well, you, so she didn't have us on the schedule no. at all. But so I would have just been staying there all day waiting for someone to show up. Right. Because AAA never called me back, mm-hmm. never got in touch with this lady. And so I don't know where that person is. Yeah. She told me, um, so the sweet lady that I talked to at KDT, she told me that she was going to reach out to AAA and that they would get it figured out. That's yeah. and, and so she called me back or she called you back. I think she, she ended called up, you. She ended up calling me. In between the time of her calling me, I am now missing the opening time for the fair. Yeah. So I have to actually call um, my, uh, I don't even know what the name is, but like the, um, like... The You're boss, like, basically, person. like my go-to, my point mm-hmm. of contact, the boss for my department, like my department head, um, like the head organizer for this portion of the fair. I have to call him and say, hey, man, I'm uh, I'm running late, you know? Mm-hmm. So we've talked to you guys about how important this fair is and how difficult it's been to get in. Now on the second day of the fair, I'm telling you that it's a call that I've never had to make since I've been in business is to call someone and say, I'm not going to be there. Um, so that sucked. And obviously they, you know, they were nice about it, but they obviously weren't excited, right? They're not mm-hmm. stoked to receive that phone call. So right. that kind of puts things at a bad note when you're trying to make a positive impression. So, um, I'm like, you know, I, this is what's going on. I'm waiting for a tow. As soon as I get it, I'll, I'll be there. And then that lady that you spoke with called me and mm-hmm. she starts saying, um, I didn't even have you on the schedule. I put you in the schedule now, but I don't know what time I'm actually going to be there. And mm-hmm. I said, uh, listen, I, I can't can't sit around. I can't day. do this. Um, you know, I was told by AAA that I have to be here. And she's like, don't worry about it. Put your keys in the ashtray. We'll pick the truck up and bring it. You can go about your business. And now, you had gone into the bank and talked to Yeah, I went to, to the bank and talked to them and said, hey, I'm going to believe in this. So if the fucking lady from AAA would have told me in the morning that, that was okay, because I left the keys in the gas cap mm-hmm. and was that's what we were going on. Our- yeah, because even the lady at KDT was like, that's a policy with AAA. It's bullshit. Don't even worry about it. Which, I mean, I, rightfully so. I, I get that, because you right. could just have any jabroni's car like towed just because you want to. But I was like, I could have been, I could have made my day. I could have yeah. been on, on time, you know? Right. So um, she's like, just go about your business and we'll figure it out. You from know, here on out, I've, I've, I've just made the executive decision. If... We have to use AAA ever again, ever again, yeah. okay? And, and I hope that it's never anytime soon. When they give us the contact information for the towing company, I'm going to call them. Yeah, true. Just call them directly. Yeah. yeah. Because you clearly okay. cannot a bunch of idiots, rely so on a- AAA. Like- so that was Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't hear from anybody, right? I'm not hearing from anybody about our truck, so- You I, heard later on Monday night that they had I, picked it I up. I called- because I hadn't heard from anybody. Yes. So I called and said, before, I was like, I'm, like hey, it's almost five o'clock right. and I haven't heard from anybody. Yeah. So I called and said, hey, um, just following up on my truck. I haven't right. heard from anybody. We're supposed right. to pick it up. I left it. Um, you know, and you were working a double. You weren't going to be mm-hmm. home for a while. So uh, can, can somebody give me an update on my vehicle? And they yep. put me on hold, came back and said, yep, you're all set. It's on the back of the truck. It's en route. And uh, I said, can we just confirm the in address? En route to Arundel. Right. Can we confirm the address? Because it was some confusion with AAA. Because they had, for some reason, your phone number, not mine, after mm-hmm. several attempts to tell them what number to use. And they then, didn't know what the billing address was, which they bill us every month. So we had talked about going to our friend's garage, mm-hmm. um, going over to see Chris and Steve mm-hmm. and Noah. And then my cousin said, I'll just show up at the house and do it. So we're yep. like, well, all right. We need the truck back super quick, so I, we'll just have it towed home. So I confirm the address again with this lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, truck's on its way. Everything's good. I tell my cousin it's on its way. And uh, you get out of work at, what, 8 o'clock on Monday night? I uh, had to make a pit stop at the grocery store, so I think I got home at like 8.30. And uh, yeah, so to my surprise, Old Red was not here. Not here at all. So I'm like, Driving up and down Proctor Road, trying to figure out, like, hey, was it dropped off at the wrong address? Like, can I limp it to the house? Like, what's the status real quick? Um, I drive down to the boys at the garage, see, like, maybe they dropped it off there. You know, that was one of the addresses. So either one's, you know, our address or the the boys. You know, those are the two addresses that are on file with them. Uh, No, nothing. So I call KDT and I was like, hey, uh, yeah, so uh, just checking it on that... um, the 03 Dodge, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, ma'am, 
what do you mean that you don't yeah. know what I'm talking about? I said, this morning I called, spoke to a nice lady. She told me she put us on the on the docket. She spoke with my husband that the truck was being picked up and on the way to be dropped off. I said, I don't know where our truck is. And she's like, okay, let me get back to you. And I was like, first of all, do you want to know who I am? Do you want to know my name? Do you want to know my phone number? And just bloop, click. So probably like 20 minutes goes by, nothing. Like I don't hear anything and I'm like, okay. So I'm texting you, trying to be yeah. like, did they call you? And he's like, nope. She calls me back. She goes, yep, found your truck. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's in Augusta. I go, ha, Augusta, interesting. That's not the address. The lady says to me, she goes, there was a mix up with the address. There was a couple of different addresses. And I said, no, ma'am, there was there was two, both of which are in Arundel. Yeah, close neither to home. of them are in Augusta. And uh, neither one of those are um, where they're spo- where it's supposed to be. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then um, also we didn't have a good contact number. And I said, you didn't have a good contact number. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, because you guys have called us twice now. Yeah. Twice. Count them. Uno, dos. So they you called you, and they called me, right. and I called them, and they got the ticket afterwards. They so spoke I'm with like, both of us on the phone, both times what? calling out to us. And when I spoke with them a few hours previous, I confirmed the address mm-hmm. when the truck was supposedly on the back of the tow truck. Yeah. I confirmed the address and phone number multiple times, and AAA apparently had, they didn't know what our billing address was, which was hilarious to me. And they had our phone number wrong. They had our phone number wrong, Um, and so so I was like, all right, can you just confirm, like, when the truck is going to be here? Because, like, it needs to be worked on. I need to get it to the garage. And she was like, yep, tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll send it down tomorrow morning. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, and this is all going on AAA, right? Because we're not paying for this. And she was like, yep, you're all set. And I was like, okay, perfect. That sounds wonderful. Well, hmm. next day rolls around. Have you heard anything? No. Me neither. Okay. So our truck is lost somewhere in Augusta, somewhere in the state of Maine. And I'm like telling this lady, I'm like, listen, you don't see it there on your, like, look out that damn window. You don't see the truck. Like, where, where is it? And I'm like, you don't want this bad boy on your, on your lot. She's an eyesore. Like, mm-hmm. she's got a rundle not, across the door. Yeah. You're not keeping she's, it for fucking beauty points. She's for rusted. Sure. Like, you don't want her in your dooryard. And so, uh, so yeah, next day rolls around. That truck finally got dropped off it was 24 hours later the truck was dropped off to us it was like six o'clock at night yeah they picked it up super late so probably like six o'clock and then held on to it for 24 hours and then what was it like tuesday you got a notification that was like how did we do triple a Oh, they you didn't even send it to me. Blasted this time. them. They didn't even send me one. They sent me that. They sent me one of those. The Thompson scenario. Mm. Thompson. They, I still think we should blast them. Learn to not even follow up on it. But mm. so our truck was lost for you know for a day and a half, Only two days, luck. whatever. Um, and then so we we get it home. Uh, my cousin puts a fuel pump in. My dad actually cuts a big hole in the bed, dropped the fuel pump in. Mm-hmm. My cousin puts a fuel pump in. Yeah, I came home to a gaping hole. <laughs> In yeah. the back of the truck, a small step stool ladder and a fire extinguisher. And I was like, huh. That'll do it. That's really all you need. The fundamentals yeah. of a good surgery right there. <laughs> so um, he sends me a video of it running. Everything's super strong. Everything's great. Uh, the next day, you're going to drive it to work. And then you're going to go get some hay mm-hmm. just to kind of make sure everything's running good around town before you head uh, head north so you can come up for the weekend and then haul the camper home. Exactly. And, uh, you sent me another message about the truck. I was like, yeah, no. This is this is not. I think you called me and said, I'm not driving this fucking thing up there. That's like, right. I'm not towing with it. No. No way. I was like, this is not happening. And I just went from like my house to the local Walmart, which is five minutes away, and then from Walmart to my work, which is also another additional five minutes. So I was driving the truck for a total of 10 minutes, and I was like, this damn truck can't even get out of its own way. Like, I... What? I don't even understand like what is what is happening right now. And uh she is so boggy. Like I can't even get her to go over 30 miles an hour, let alone get out of her own way to get on the turnpike. I was like, I'm not driving this on the turnpike all the way up there. Like I'm going to blow something. Like I'm literally something's going to happen. Yeah. 
that's when we go back to the the clicking scenario and we're thinking this is probably another coil we've we've been down this road we've already replaced coils on this truck so many times because I was told once before that the engine was blown, but it just needed a new coil pack. Long to short of it, um, I reach out to Chris, big old Chris Woodcock, over mm-hmm. to Rundle Motors, and uh, tell him what's going on. And Meanwhile, I had already messaged him. Yeah, we're both, we're all three <laughs> of us are having separate conversations, basically. And uh, he's like, you know, where's the truck now? And I'm like, oh, you know, the wife has it. And uh, he's like, 10 4, I'm on it. We're head over there to take a look. Actually, before that, you asked him, hey, when can I, when can you look at the truck? It's not acting right. And I had texted him and told him, listen, I can't drive this truck. It is not acting right. Can you all just drop a scan tool on it? Let me know if it's misfire and do it, do whatever. Like what, like they normally do. Right. And he had told you next week is what he had told you. Are you trying to tell me he plays favorites? Cause I'm not buying it. And then I was having a separate conversation with him and he says to me, yeah, uh, no and I need a drink. We'll be right down. And I was like, <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. And yeah. then he was in my parking lot working on the truck and changed the coil out. Yeah, so. In the uh, parking lot of my work. Chris called me and said, you've got a super bad coil that's actually, it's it's arcing. Like it's sparking, it's arcing back there. And you have a leaky fuel rail and the fuel leak is you know, just a few short inches away from the arc on your coil and said, you guys definitely shouldn't be driving this truck. Um, you know, we might be in September, but that's going to be pretty close to the 4th of July if that sucker starts to, uh, you know, connect the dots between a leaky fuel and an arc. So, uh, you know, I'm like, well, we'll get her home and uh, figure it out. I don't know if you want to throw it on the tow truck or what. And Chris said, well, um, the last time I put a coil in your truck, they had one on the shelf at O'Reilly. So we'll go take a look. And uh, he went there next thing you know, you were calling me saying, I could see Noah under the hood working on the truck. They put a brand new coil in, in the parking lot at mm-hmm. your work, fired that sucker up, took her for a test drive, said there was no codes and she was good to go. Mm-hmm. Actually, right now to this day, so that was on Friday and he cleared out all the codes, which you've had a check engine light for decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. She still hasn't come back yeah, on. pretty impressive. So I don't know what that boys did, but... Man, so Cousin Joe shows up, saves the day again, drops the fuel pump in it. Next day, uh, Chris and Noah show up and uh, put a fucking new coil in it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you ride up, uh, strong as can be. Oh, my God. She was motoring along. At one point, I looked down at the freaking uh, speedometer, and I was, like, going 90. And I was like, whoa, Nelly. Uh, dial it back. <laughs> I'll say what, man. Today... You in front of me, I couldn't keep up with you with the ambulance. Finally, I just said, just keep, just go, just go. <laughs> uh, the old ambulance is in a death wobble at 80, and yeah, I'm seeing, and the words of Clint Black, nothing but taillights. <laughs> so, um, I was just bobbing and weaving. She's strong. She's she's back to good. Uh, the ambulance, we had a close call. It was surging and sounded like shit. My cousin came all the way up and looked at it and was like, hey, bud, this is actually what your truck is supposed to sound like <laughs> when you have an alternator that actually works. Yeah. Because uh, I went so long with one that didn't. So get the mechanical stuff out of the way. Uh, we made it home safe today. That's all That's all good, right? Mm-hmm. That's all well and good. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to give a little recap on the fair. After we put uh, the craziness behind us and we get things squared away, uh, which also, another shout out to my cousin Joe coming up, picking my mom up, giving her a ride home too. That really saved us from having a double dip on trips because we were going to have to drive an hour and a half, turn around, do it again, to turn around or do it again. So... Uh, you know, that was, that, that was huge for us. So if we get all the, uh, the commuting, all the travel, all the hiccups out the way, and hopefully they're out of the way for the rest of the year and that we have two smooth running vehicles, uh, at least to get us through the season, uh, to get into Windsor fair and to kind of give a little recap on the fair. Um, I'm going to say that from day one, I felt good about that fair. Like from day one, I felt like yeah. these are our people, man. Absolutely. And, uh, one of the things like I said to you was like I can always gauge a fare based off of uh, the clientele uh, and what they're wearing. And when I say what they're wearing is for us, if there's a high per capita of cowboy boots, mm-hmm. um, we're we're in good shape. We're in right. Mm-hmm. And uh, most fellas that were at that fair were wearing cowboy boots, and uh, you know it just I know the sign. Uh, the sign of success right there. And it just happens to be that a set of good set of cowboy boots means you're probably in the right area. So such a welcoming fair. This is probably 
um, one of the very few, if not only fairs where I don't think I had any one person come in and complain about what we were doing or say any kind of nonsense, right? They were all super receptive Um, and accepting of us. Yeah, no, I don't think so either, which is actually, now that you bring it to light, that's that's a good point normally. There was one that came close. This lady came in. She was looking at everything and she came over to uh, me and my mom and she was talking about the mission statement and then she read it and she said, I have a question for you. So she starts going and she's like, what What are you guys doing? And, and like, what is this all about? And I, you know, described that mission 2% is to support American manufacturing. Only 2% of all the apparel bought, sold and worn in this country is made in this country. And, you know, it's our mission to do our little part to make a difference, to support mm-hmm. American jobs and American manufacturing. And she's like, there's nothing political about this. And I was like, well, I mean, you can see where I stand politically, but this this is about American jobs. And she right. started to reference the uh, Let's Go Brandon shirt that I have. And she's like, mm. I just saw some mixed messaging here that I don't really know what you stand for. And uh, at that moment is when the, the – I guess you have the uh, fight or flight senses, right, on sure. which, which direction you want to go. And my initial reaction, my initial statement that I wanted to make was – Loud Proud American is all about American manufacturing. We support American jobs. And if that shirt over there that you're referencing is in regards to a fellow that I don't think supports American jobs, that's where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Is that if you want to talk about American jobs, I have that shirt in my tent because I don't believe he supports American jobs. I don't believe he supports America, period. Right. But I didn't want to start off on the on the on the wrong foot here because I was like, I don't know this area, and I don't know how far this Karen's going to go with it. So I just mm-hmm. said, well, you know, this is what it's about. So I kind of dismissed it. But um, the point I'm making is is we felt so welcome, right? It was mm-hmm. such an awesome feeling, everybody that was just supporting us and coming in. And um, just from anybody coming in that wasn't even buying anything, just thanking us for our mission and what we were doing and having good positive conversation. Obviously, a lot of people were buying things as well. And then volunteers, organizers from the fair, the support they were giving us this week was phenomenal. And I think one of the things I really enjoyed about this fair is it just feels like a family fair, doesn't it? Yeah, it does feel very homey. It does feel um, very family oriented. And like by the end of the weekend, like we we got some inside um, scoop from Sarah that it was like, you know, this um, family, the, the people in the information booth has been like, generation and generation and then like in the cattle barn like they're doing you know the judging has been you know generation after generation of the same family so like it was it just made so much sense like yeah we we spent that what was it saturday night or sunday night i don't even know what Mm -hmm. saturday night in um no it was sunday i'm I'm blacked out sunday night in the in the livestock office Mm -hmm. and the uh livestock is it president if you're not supposed to be there sorry right is it the livestock president is that what it is i don't know if it's president or commissioner i don't know man i'm so tired right now i I get lose train of thought and and senses and vocabulary slipping at this point Mm but um what is it it's the livestock president uh livestock probably okay there's probably like like it's a committee so there's like a president a treasurer that sort of thing they all have different jobs the folks that run the livestock let's call it a livestock uh president it was uh carolyn dana i believe was her names Mm -hmm. and um sarah was saying that before them their father was the livestock president. Mm-hmm. Before their father, their grandfather was the livestock president. Mm-hmm. And before their grandfather, Sarah's grandfather was the yep. uh, livestock president. So exactly. um, this is just a family scenario, man. This is this is just a fair that has deep-rooted family heritage and ties to it. And it's really easy to see that and to feel that everybody's invested in the fair, the success of the fair, the experience of the fair. Mm-hmm. And that was just awesome right that's clearly one of the reasons why us as visitors before we were in the business going to this fair we enjoyed it so much because you just felt like it was a nice fair you just felt like it was family and you know to i can't speak to the hierarchy of the fair but we got to meet the president um and then like his his kids are uh are running everything between uh jt and dan the you know the president of our area or the the big boss uh of our area like and then his wife's involved. It's just awesome, man. It's just awesome that it's a family-run scenario. I think this day and age, we've lost sight of a lot of those family-run things. Like the mom-and-pop 
um, you know, stores and, and businesses, a lot of those have gone by the wayside. They've gotten scooped up by, by big businesses, by conglomerate, you know, shops and things like that. So to see such a massive fair in our state run that's um, basically a lot of the trustees are family and the ones that aren't, I'm sure they feel like family and they're all connected and they're all pulling on the same rope, working for the same goal. And that was pretty awesome. Um, like if you think about Matt and Sarah, like Matt, Matt and Sarah are so dedicated to that fair and making mm-hmm. sure that it's a great experience and that's all they think about, right? Like they're, they're so focused on that fair. Those guys were eager to get us in there, but mm-hmm. also every day made sure it, to like check in and follow up with us to make sure we were having a good experience that we didn't need anything. Um, so it's awesome because like they're, they're friends and we mm-hmm. consider them family at this point. Absolutely. Right. And they're invested in the success of our business. And we've had that conversation, but you can see their hearts in it for so many reasons. Number one, they care about us. Mm-hmm. Number two, they really care about that fair. Absolutely. You yeah, know, and, they and, definitely have, um, they want what's best for the fair because it's, a, it's a fair that they go to as well. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's home to them. And just they're like, just, they're invested in it, right? Yeah. They're, they they mm-hmm. care about it. And it's mm-hmm. it's really easy to see that they care. And mm-hmm. um, they took us under their wing and introduced us to a lot of people this week. And we yeah. just got to... And they also like pointed out some some good um, factors for us to keep in mind for like next year's like placement and requesting those and, you know, um, how we can better our uh, our sales for next year. Like yeah. it was it was really helpful because they've been there. They've done this um fair a ton of times and been a part of it for so long that they know what's good for the fair and what's good for us it's nice to get the advice from them too because they've been even outside of this fair they've been on a fair circuit right Mm -hmm. and they know what it's like and i've learned so much from matt and sarah that we would have to learn the hard way on the road our our own right Mm -hmm. and i always just have been in a position where i just take what's given to us Mm -hmm. right exactly i don't put up a stink and they're like no no you're a resource to these fairs the more you go you know, you need to step up. You need to ask questions. You need to say, no, this isn't right for me and my business. Sarah uses your quote. What's that? They need you more that's than true. you need them. She said that to me the other yeah, day. That's yeah. awesome. That's a full circle moment for mm-hmm, us right there. Mm-hmm. So uh, people we're speaking of is Ledgeway Farm, uh, Matt and Sarah Perkins. Make sure you check them out. Best damn soap you're ever going to use. We, we don't use any other soap. Loud Proud Americans wash exclusively. With goat soap. We do. We do. Yeah. There might be uh, some, maybe some soap in the future that That's we carry. Possible. Maybe even some chapstick. I don't know. You never know. We'll see where it goes. Mm, but uh, great people. It's going to smell like two-stroke and burnt rubber. Mm. America. Whew. Oh. If that doesn't, if that's not a panty dropper. I don't know what is. I don't know. So, maybe, a, maybe a sprinkle of pine. Oh, you, yeah. You're twig. a hook. You're a hooker twig for and some, berries. You're, I'm a real hooker for some pine. You are. Love me some pine. I know. Remember Let's when just, I drove around and the truck was just going just a, there? A just tree? A, yeah. On your dash? I just took a limb off a pine tree at yeah. Christmas and just threw it on the dash. And right when we heater. got together, the first, was what, it? 10 years you ago? You rolled into Tractor Supply and Tractor Supply? <laughs> tractor Supply, and there was a bunch of loose pine branches, and I just threw them all on the dash. I think what had happened is we were actually out because we got together in November. We were out Christmas shopping or something. It was like me, you, and your mom, and we rolled in somewhere, and there was a tree, a pine tree. And I remember you like snapped a twig off. Maybe it was Tractor Supply. I don't really know. Yeah, remember. they were selling Christmas trees, and there was a bunch of broken limbs yeah. out front. And you literally grabbed it, threw it right on the dash, turned the heat on, and yep. Mm. yep. The Tiny. Last, the last time that you did that was a few years later. Do you remember? Remember that? I remember that. I'm not sure. Fill me in. So the last, the last time that you've actually grabbed a full-on tree limb and put it on your dash was when we moved in here. Oh yeah, when we, we went moved and got a tree, in here, Christmas Eve. It was Christmas right? Eve, and we were like, "All right, our house is ready." Like, but there was nothing in here. Yeah. Nothing but a mounted TV. That's right. And an air mattress on the floor. Mm-hmm. Or no, we didn't even use an air mattress. We used our actual mattress. We climbed it up the stairs. It was Christmas Eve, and we're like, for Christmas Eve, we want to sleep in our own bed. We didn't have a we didn't have a Christmas tree, and so I was on Marketplace, and there was a place right downtown Biddeford that had a few Christmas trees left, and they were real Christmas trees. Yeah, and we ran down there and we grabbed a real Christmas tree, and there was a bunch of like limbs yeah. left on the ground from other Christmas trees. That was a cute little Christmas tree. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. perfect. But it was it was it was free. Yep. It was free. That and out. you grabbed those branches and left them on your dash, mm-hmm. like until they shriveled up. Oh, they 
The problem is when that pine branch starts to dry up and them needles start to fall, it's a mess. Yeah. It's messy. a real mess. But anyway. Back on track. Big shout out and thank you to Matt and Sarah for getting us into into Windsor, taking us under their wing. Mm-hmm. Um introducing us to so many people. Mm-hmm. We're gonna spend time with their granddaughter Scarlett this week too. She's so cute. Super sweet. sweet um girl. so I just felt so welcomed. Mm-hmm. And I felt even more welcomed on Thursday because it reminds me of the vibe of like um, Ossipy. Yeah, I mean we have. I mean a much have, larger scale. Yeah, you know, big but, time, big time. Um, but that's how homey it feels. It's the feel there too, and I yes. think the feel at Ossipy when we talk about uh, Windsor, that family heritage. I feel like I have family roots at Ossipy. So right. I grew up there as as a child. My dad was racing there. Both of my uncles were. So I just it was just. You know, something that some of my fond memories in my childhood all happened there. So I feel mm-hmm. just a certain level of pride and, mm-hmm. and ownership to that fair. So, um, and you can see that same transfer of enthusiasm from the trustees and the, and the people that are on the board and the mm-hmm. volunteers at Windsor. You can really see it. So I think that's why it kind of trickles down. And, and to really just further how organized they are, how professional they are, and how family run the fair is. On Thursday, they put on a vendor breakfast. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for three years, four years now. I've never been to a fair where they're like, we're going to take all of our vendors and we're going to give you something. That doesn't happen. No, never. So they treated everybody to vendor breakfast. and They, they usually just give us a map. Yeah, basically, basically. So we had a vendor breakfast and then they uh, introduced some things and they talk about you know new changes and um, they try to welcome some new vendors in and they give out awards to some of the new vendors that are um, like kind of going above and beyond and um, they feel like are doing something to better the fair to, you know, have a clean professional display and stuff like that. So they had, you know, Dan had this great speech about, about vendors at the fair and, and that over the years they give out awards to recognize the vendors that they feel are, are just going a step above and trying to make a difference. And, um, you know, saying that, you know, we try to share these awards so we're not giving them all to the same people every year, but we really want to highlight a few folks and, uh, there was a couple people um, inside the mall craft area. There was another guy outside. And then us. They acknowledged Loud Proud American. Uh, they brought me up there, gave me a big poster of the fair that was framed, um, a certificate that um, basically uh, congratulates us and thanks us for the, you know, the betterment of the fair. The fact that, you know, we're there to uh, provide a better experience and to uh, uplift the fair. And they give us a blue ribbon and they just acknowledge us. And um, it was awesome, man. It was such a, a cool thing. Uh, Matt grabbed my phone and was taking pictures. And and uh, my mom was trying to get photos. And, you know, you're up there just kind of shaking hands. And, and it was just really cool because, number one, um, we pour our heart and soul into our display into all the things that we do. If anybody knows us, um, every, I mean, every display, there's so much thought that goes into it. I've been drawing maps for the Windsor fair and our display for months. Right. Remember at union when it was slow, I sat in the back of that tent during the week and I think I had like seven different diagrams. Yeah. We did have a bunch. We were drawing them up like, what's the best traffic flow? Where's the cash register? How do I expand, um, you know, like my, like my um, organization? How do I uh, display things? And I mean, it literally turned into during our setup night, I've got a skill saw. um, I've got two by 12s and I'm out there making um, shelves and all these things so that we have a better, uh, cleaner looking backstock area. Mm -hmm. It looked really good. We went and, doubled our grid wall uh obviously we had the investment for the new tent so it was really um just uh gratifying the fact that we doubled down tripled down on our display on the size on the presentation for the very first time that we ever set up as a 20 by 20 we got a freaking award for it that was pretty damn cool am i right yeah that is pretty awesome so it just felt so good to be accepted by them, uh, welcomed and acknowledged by them. Um, it's just a really cool feeling. And one of the things that trickled down from that that was pretty damn awesome is I couldn't even make it back to the tent. And people were stopping me, congratulating me, introducing themselves to me, and then wanting to come over and uh, see what we we're doing. So 
I had a line of vendors wanting to get into our tent, and I hadn't had a chance to open the doors to put things out. It's two million degrees in there. Um, so as I'm opening the walls and trying to figure things out, I got vendors coming in, uh, you know, looking to get things, looking to buy things, just asking questions. Man, I I sold, I don't know, probably five or six t-shirts and like a sweatshirt and some hats before the fair actually really even opened because it was vendors coming in to support us and to, uh, you know, congratulate us and, and to get to know us. That was pretty damn awesome. I know you were stuck at work during that, but mm-hmm. I was- Yeah, uh, you sent me a- message and it was a picture of you as receiving your award and it was like I can't talk right now but I wanted to send this to you and I was like freaking out I was like oh my god you finally did it like I was so yeah. proud like it was a real um huge achievement because like we have some friends that ha- have won it and everybody says like oh when you're a new time vendor like you're gonna most people get that award and blah, right. whatever whatever but you know we had done it we had been in business and on the road for three years and never once has anybody, but this was our, as you said, biggest and I think clean, clean looking. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I absolutely think so. Sarah had made a comment to me during the week that was like, when I'm out walking around, I'm at the fair, like I'm at the fair. When I step into your tent, I feel like I'm somewhere else. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm stepping into a business. I'm stepping into a storefront. Mm -hmm. Like it's that clean and professional. And, that's a heck of a compliment, man. That's, That's one thing that we that we strive for because we do take the time and we have seen things at fairs in the way like, I mean, we judge what we're eating and where we're shopping and going into based on... Um, like the presentation. Yeah, right? 100%, 100%. Cleanliness and how things are. So we want to uphold uh, that presentation. And, and for us, like if we're charging a premium price for a premium product, mm-hmm. we need a premium presentation. Mm-hmm. And I think this this week, like when what we were talking about, like driving up to the fair, you and I talked about um, kind of being more like in sync when it comes to like making sure that you and I are wearing similar shirts or, you know, we have a, a badge that, you know, says Loud Proud American. Yeah. So it, it's like almost like unified um, that it shows like, all right, if you have any questions, you can ask these mm-hmm. two people or what have you. Um, and, you know, we had talked about getting like lanyards or clips or something of that nature that way we look like if you have a question you can come to us kind of thing versus like not not sure who's shopping and who's an actual yeah it's tough because the way our things laid out i mean you just have a big tent right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it could be mingling around milling around you don't know if someone's working there or not it's not like you're wearing a best buy uniform you know right and in some vendor booths like it's obvious who's working like you roll the matt and sarah's thing they're up on the high rise in the trailer you know they're working there you know so uh if you have somebody standing behind a computer you know they're working there but when you're in like a merchandise tent of like of like apparel and stuff you're kind of floating around wearing the product it's hard to really know sometimes so we take into consideration all those little things and we're really starting to add those to our to our thought process to uh kind of up the game a little bit so mm-hmm. um that's yeah it's know. like clean presentation um you know the cleanliness of our booth um you know we make sure that our our labels are out and showing yeah. Like the actual you come into our tent, like every hanger's going one direction. Yeah. Everything's got a price tag. Everything's, yeah. you know, sizes for the most part are going to be all um, filled and in and, and order and things mm-hmm. are going to be straight. Unless we're sold out, it's going to be there. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we take the time. Like we are constantly our, restocking, reloading, doing those things all day long. Yeah. And even our like overstock bins, like or overstock behind us, like t- um, yesterday was like folded up and yeah. like overstock hats with the new shelves are like above you. Like they're on display still. Um, so, I mean, I think that we've done an amazing job of like making sure that, you know, we are go, we put a presentation out there on how we want other people yeah. booth to look, if that makes sense. For sure. You want to lead by example. Yeah. And I also feel like that's our storefront. That's our retail location, right? Like we spend the money we spend on tents. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, people would think that it's silly. But for us, if it costs me $3,000 for one tent, it's because that's our office. Like that's our storefront. That's that's the awning on your building. That's the, you know, that's paying somebody to clean the windows. That's painting the front steps. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that is your curb appeal. That is your business. That is your foundation. So for us, we don't have a storefront. We don't have a, a brick and mortar storefront. But when we set up somewhere, that's our storefront. That's our location. That's our place of business. That's our retail store. And we want it to um, present itself that way. So 
super excited to be acknowledged for that. And then the people that came in and showed us their support, like uh, John came in from uh, uh, Niederbilt Welding, and um, he's a, he's a glass, uh, I guess, like, glad you call it, like a glass blower or something, mm-hmm. where yep. you heat up glass. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'll post a video of him too. Pretty awesome. Great dude, man. Me and John spent a bunch of time connecting the rest of the week. He was coming in, checking on us, you know, asking how things were going. He's one of the only people that I've ever met that's been asked by the fair to show up. He never replied for it. They asked him to show up and do demos, and he's mm-hmm. been there for a few years since. And uh, he actually we just had a meeting with me and Cabin Masters, and he's doing all these things. He's been contacted by some cool people, and and uh, he's like, you know, things in my life and in this business are just kind of happening naturally. And I feel like, um, you know, relationships and connections happen naturally, and I'm excited that we had this connection. So... It was cool for us to spend some time, uh, you know, shoot the shit about thoughts and philosophies and ideas and businesses. And, you know, when he gave us some some super cool glass stuff that he had made and mm-hmm. he bought a bunch of stuff from us throughout the week. So that was really cool. Um, and then also I had a... Oh my uh, God, that just reminded me. My, talk to me. My necklace is in my shorts that I wore last night. Don't let me wash those. Oh, Gotta yeah. get that out. He made me a glass uh, blown necklace. Yeah, that was really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Burns Bears... Uh, there's a dude that does uh, chainsaw work and, and like wood burning and stuff. He came in and gave me a chainsawed carved eagle. It was tiny. I was surprised like the details that he got. I can't believe that. you could cut that with a chainsaw. I know. And you crafted an eagle out of a chainsaw that's, I don't know, six it's or eight like inches, like tense. out of control. And he gave it to me. I was like, man, I'm going to take that with me everywhere on the road. He's like, I know you will. That's why I gave it to you. Hmm. And you won't find anything more American made than that. Like, how does that happen? Like, that was sweet. when your vendors are, as a fair, no matter what this is, this is a lesson for anybody in either, if you're in a, a leadership position at your work, or if you're in a leadership position at home, right? Mm-hmm. How you treat people has a trickle-down effect, right? 100%. So if you have employees that you take care of and you do a great job with at work, and you start to invest in them and treat them as family, it trickles down, and they will treat colleagues and coworkers that way and then hopefully they'll they'll also uh treat your customers that way right? right because it's a it's a trickle down effect of that energy of that philosophy the same thing goes at home if you treat your wife and kids with respect and and make them feel comfortable and you raise them that way they're going to treat their friends and coworkers and that's just how you fix america in the first place it starts with leadership this country is in a leadership deficit. We don't have enough good leaders in this country. You can make a difference in this country by leading your household, by leading your place of employment. And for these fairs to treat people with respect, to make them feel welcome and appreciated, it trickles down to the point where their vendors are also invested in other vendors because they want the fair to present itself in the right way. Because they know if the fair is getting presented in the best way possible, other vendors are doing a great job, more people are going to come, and then there's more money for all of us. So to have other vendors come over that when you go to most fairs, you go to most events, other vendors view you as competition. Like you're there competing for somebody's dollars and cents in their back pocket. They might come here with a budget, and we're all competing for the biggest piece of the pie in that person's budget. Mm-hmm. So fellow vendors often look at you as competition. I did not feel that way at Windsor. No, I think the only thing, I mean, this is not just Windsor in particular, but I think the only thing that we as vendors, whether you have t-shirts, whether you have belts, whether you have blown glass, none of that uh, goes into comparison as the food vendors. Because I mean, you go to the fair and you spend $12 on a sausage and then your money is dwindling down on what you're going to have to spend on goods. The rising costs, inflation, and all those things that are happening uh, it definitely has, again, I hate to keep saying the term trickle-down effect, but people are going to go to the fair to eat, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the things they do. Yep. And um, if, I go and shop. But. Right. But if a larger portion of your fair budget goes to food, mm-hmm. then you have a smaller portion of your budget to go to everything else. Absolutely. The, you know, you have less money to spend on soap, to spend yep. on apparel, to spend on jewelry, mm-hmm. to spend on whatever it might be. So I can tell you that when me and my mom bought two cups of chili and it cost me $37. If I'm there with a family and maybe I walked in with $50 or $100, if I spend half of my budget or or a quarter of my budget on two cups of chili, I don't have money for the two t-shirts. You know, I don't have money for those things. So uh, it makes it tough, right? It definitely makes it tough. But um, just an awesome experience. Uh, Windsor Fair was a tremendous success for us. And the exciting thing about it is we know the potential for more that exists. 
because your first year, no matter where you go, you're never going to have the best um, location that right. you could possibly have, right? And that's understandable. Absolutely. you got to prove yourself. So we mm-hmm. fully understand that. But we know that we're proving ourselves and there's a potential for us to move, to relocate, to sweeten our spot, which will sweeten our scenario, which will triple denario. You like that? That was a good one. I thought so too. It just kind of happened naturally. But location, location, location. It helps you sell houses and it helps you sell every fucking thing else in life. Because if you have a better location at a fair, there's 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 thousands of dollars differences to be made based off the plot of land that you get given at a fair. And uh, now that we've been to places more and more, we're uh, a little more confident in asking for those better spots. There's a reason why in Monopoly you can win with Boardwalk and Parks Place, right? Mm-hmm. It's just how it works, man. It's just the facts of life. So uh, super successful week. A very encouraging week. Again, we had to ride the tiger of uh, ups and downs. We made it through another week of vehicle difficulties, but we came out of it stronger and better. Uh, we navigated that nonsense without really freaking out, right? I mean, yeah, we did all right. We, we made things happen um, with the love, strength, and support of our family and friends without, you know, my cousin Joey coming in to fix the truck and then coming to get my mom without Chris and Noah showing up and fixing the truck in the parking lot. These things aren't possible without that. Without Matt and Sarah pushing to get us in the fair, introducing us to people, uh, without Dan giving us the opportunity to be at the fair, without those things, without, you know, uh, JT trying to get us in there, without all those things happening. If you take one of those pieces of the puzzle out, then it doesn't go back together. Nope. So it takes all those helping hands, those loving hearts, without those pieces without those key ingredients you take one of those ingredients away and then we don't have success right there's no i in team there is in the a-hole you ever seen that you draw the i in between the a anyways you would ruin it but we talked about this last week man when we said i'm about to use that grease right Mm -hmm. and you're gonna take those 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 ingredients and you're gonna put them all together it's like if i had a spoonful of baking soda it probably tastes like shit but if you don't put baking soda in your freaking chocolate chip recipe, it ain't going to rise. It ain't going to work. So it takes every damn ingredient to make things happen. So, so damn excited. Is it baking soda or baking powder? I don't think that matters. One of those is in cookies. Alexa? I think it's baking. Do you use baking soda or baking powder in chocolate chip cookies? Powder. Here's something I found on the web. According to FeedDailyMeal.com, make sure you've whisked these ingredients together well. Baking powder and baking soda help leaven the chocolate chip huh. cookies. Both. Oh. Cookies will rise more evenly. If yes. 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 Like hear a chocolate chip joke? Oh, yeah. Give me the chocolate chip joke. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. You confused her. Alexa, can I have a chocolate chip cookie joke? Okay, for chocolate chip cookie, I recommend outrageous chocolate chip cookies from all recipes. No, this is, no. To no. Alexa. Oh, that bitch. She set me up with a good cookie joke and then she, she took did. it away. What a loser. Okay, for dinner, I recommend no. Shut it! Alexa! Man. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm hot and bothered now. We got chores to do. Did we touch on everything? Did we get everything out there? Did you just say touch all? Maybe. No, touch on everything. Why are you confusing me? You're distracting me. You see I'm perspiring. I'm sweating. The AC's been off for an hour. <laughs> uh, I think so. No, oh, man. I think we hit everything. Bottom line, thank you to everybody at Winds Affair that got us there, that participated, that played along, that encouraged us on, uh, that stopped in, that spent from two cents to 200, whatever it is. To come in and drop some common sense, some nonsense, I appreciate it all. We had a tremendous week. Thank you to everybody that helped us get there and to get home. We appreciate you. I got a quick turnaround. I'm actually uh, reloading tomorrow. I'm making a bunch more products tomorrow. Uh, And then the following day, I'm going to be heading up to Litchfield. We dropped the camper off today in Litchfield uh, on the way home. I'll be heading there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I believe that's the 10th, 9th, and 8th. I counted backwards. That's impressing. 8, 9, 10. Um, 8, 9, 10. You me. Yeah, it's, it's special. I'm a really gifted individual here. September 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2023. Litchfield Fair. We'll be in there for the first damn time. And uh, after that, we're going to come home and get ready for the granddaddy of them all, the Freiburg Fair. Speaking of the first damn time, while you're doing all that, and, you know, making money, I'm sitting over here chomping at the bit, waiting to be in an for the first time. That's coming quick, isn't it? Any moment. 
Any oh, moment, boy. my sister-in-law is going to drop my baby niece. I mean, don't actually drop her, but like, don't welcome, drop her. Don't, welcome Zach, her to the world. Zach, don't am, drop her. And I am beyond the moon excited. I cannot wait. Little Cammy will be here mm-hmm. momentarily. Big Z, Danny, you getting ready to welcome a bundle of joy? Uh huh. To the family. It's happening. Oh, it it's happening, sweetheart. Better not happen on the weekend when I'm not here. Yeah. It could, I, I think it's going to happen either before I leave. I think it's going to happen on the 7th. I have or a, it's going to happen I when I get back. I have a feeling, maybe it's just a poop, but I have a feeling that it's going to be the 7th. You and did she's, just spend a few days at the ferry. You might have to poop. And she is having contractions. So hmm. stay tuned, y'all. I might be an auntie next episode. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. That could happen. Are you going to record a podcast live from the hospital? That's weird. I know, but I was trying to see if you were doing it. Get me off the hook. I could take a week off. No. All right, just checking. Anyways, but I will bring you an update. Yeah, okay, that works. Zach, Danny, good luck. Good luck. If you're listening, and if, uh, you know, it hasn't happened or, yet. congratulations. Either one. <laughs> either one's going to happen. It good luck be. or congratulations. We love you, and we, we love, love each and every one of you for listening. 165 mm-hmm. consecutive weeks. Share the Struggle Podcast. Us beautiful, loud-powered Americans, we out. Peace out, y'all. We got to go to the barn. Thank Bar you. Tours. Supporting our American dream. Now go wash your fucking hands, you filthy savage. That's it, and that's all. Biggie smiles. If you found value in today's show, please return the favor and leave a positive review. Share it with someone that is important to you. Hit subscribe and help us grow our tribe. Are you interested in sponsoring the show? Maybe you're looking to be a guest on the show. Find all that you need to know about the show at sharethestrugglepodcast.com. Subscribe to Grow Our Tribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and all other major platforms. And don't forget to like and share our official Facebook page at Share the Struggle Podcast. If you're a loud, proud American and you find yourself just wanting more, you can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, or the face page, as my mama calls it. Just search Loud Proud American. If you're a fan of the Graham Cracker, the Instagram, or the Tickety Talk, for the kids to be a tickety-talking, the TikTok, you can search loud underscore proud underscore American. If you want to join the 2% of Americans that support American manufacturing, head on over to www.loudproudamerican.shop and get your hands on some of that Made in USA apparel and join the mission. Mission 2%. Together, we can bring back American manufacturing. A big old thank you to the boys from the Gut Truckers for the background beats and the theme song to Share the Struggle podcast. You can find the Gut Truckers on Facebook. Just search Gut Truckers. Show your support to those mother truckers. truly thank you for supporting my American dream. Now go wash your fucking hands, you filthy savage.